And welcome. Here we are in the Running with the Herd podcast, powered up by Herd Nation, a part of the Rivals Network. And we are here on a very special live stream, multi-stream edition of the podcast. My name is Aaron Coleman. I'm the host and producer of the Running with the Herd podcast, joined here by some very special guests. Started off with uh, Herd Nation staff writer, Josh Towers. Josh, welcome, man. Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. And the three guys here that you see on your screen are some commitments for the class of 2021 as they will be signing with the Thundering Herd this uh, upcoming winter. That, of course, is uh, specialist John McConnell, running back Ethan Payne, and offensive lineman Bryce Biggs, all from the mountain state of West Virginia. Fellas, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. All right. And uh, um, guys, uh, we're having you on uh, to talk a little bit about um, National Signing Day. Uh, There's an early period, as you know. It used to just be in February, but with the way things are going now, um, you have the early signing period in December, and then you have the later signing period in February. And you guys all obviously have signed your letters of intent to play football for the Marshall Thundering Herd. Um, Ethan, we'll start with you here. Um, First of all, congratulations on uh, signing with the Thundering Herd. And uh, what was it about Marshall that made it feel like home for you? Um, I think it's the coaching making us, making me feel welcoming uh, when I want to visit there. And uh, it's close to home. It's about 30 minutes away from Poco, so a bunch of my friends and family can come watch me. So it's just a special place uh, to play. Absolutely. And uh, Bryce, I mean, obviously uh, Huntington's in your backyard. I mean, obviously playing at Spring Valley. Um, Owen Porter, who uh, went to Spring Valley, is now a member of the defensive line rotation. Uh, What was it about um, Marshall that kind of drew you in? You know, I've, I've always been close to Marshall. Like you said, it's right in our backyard. So it only takes me 20 minutes to get there from my house. Great coaching staff. You know, as you all seen, you may have seen last week, Marshall's offensive line got ranked number six in the nation, best offensive line. And that's a huge accomplishment. That's, you know, that's, that shows that they've got a great offensive line. Maybe a great atmosphere, you know, good hometown, good hometown school for me to go to. And they, they, they just make me feel like I'm at home there. They welcome me. And, uh, and it's going to be a great place to play football. Absolutely. And uh, last but not least, John, I mean, obviously, Marshall has had a great tradition of uh, specialists, both punters and kickers at the university. Um, What made you feel like Marshall was the place that you wanted to continue your football career? Uh, For me, it was definitely just like the environment and tradition around the program, you know, playing for a place where it means more. Absolutely. And uh, Josh, I mean, obviously, as a guy who's uh, familiar with the uh, high school football in the area and a guy who uh, understands, you know, just what uh, each of these three young men have uh, had to do in their high school careers. um, Just talk a little bit about um, these guys and just, you know, what it's like being a West Virginia kid committing to a West Virginia school, just, you know, how special that is. I mean, I think it's huge for, I mean, 
not just these three guys, but I mean the community as well. Um, you know, I, I think it just helps rally the community around Marshall. I mean, you know, Ethan and Bryce are literally right down the road from one, you know, from the university and, you know, John's just a few hours away and, and that kind of reaches us into the, you know, the Northern part of the state. I won't mention what other schools up that way, but, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I like, uh, I like being competitive with, with those guys and any time, anytime we can dip into that part of the state and, and take somebody, you know, as talented as him, that's always a good thing. Um, you know, obviously I didn't play division one football, so like I can't hear, can't sit here and say what, you know, what it's like for these guys. I mean, they can speak to it better than I can. I mean, uh, you know, I'm local, you know, I'm, I'm here in Hurricane, so, I mean, I've seen Ethan play, and I've seen Bryce play both. Um, so, I mean, I've got a pretty good idea of what Marshall's getting there, um, which is you know, part of the reason why, like, I've been pretty excited about, you know, both of their commitments. Um, you know, John, I think, adds a little bit different dimension to the special teams aspect. I mean, he's got, a, you know, a big leg. Um, but, uh, you know, I think, like I said, I, I just think it's a special thing when, you know, whether it's one kid or in this case, you know, you know, the thing about West Virginia football is it gets overlooked a lot. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, especially here recently, I mean, my God, I mean, we've been turning out like, you know, D1 prospects like crazy. And and this year's class is no different. I mean, like I said, you know, we're talking to three of them here. Um, you know, Caleb Bronze, another one, he's not with us tonight, but I mean, um, you know, he's committed in the 21 class. And then, you know, there's, you know, a bevy of other kids too. But uh, like I said, I, I just think it's special for the community and, and the state of West Virginia. I mean, anytime that we can recognize the talent in West Virginia, I mean, I think that's, I know for, I know for doc, I mean, I know that's something, you know, year in and year out, he's like trying, trying to target. I mean, like, you know, obviously he's looking, you know, when he can drive, you know, 15 minutes down the road and, and talk to a guy like Bryce Biggs, I mean, you know, he'd be stupid not to, I mean, no offense to doc, but, you know, the guy knows what he's doing, but he'd be, he'd be kind of crazy not to be doing stuff like that. But, uh, you know, there's other kids out there. But, uh, you know, as far as this class goes, you know, I know the staff's really happy with, you know, with what they have in place and, and moving forward with the future of Marshall football. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, one thing about West Virginia high school sports, I mean, you know, you guys all have a chip on your shoulder. Ethan, Bryce, and John, as well as uh, Caleb, who's not with us tonight, and uh, – uh, Billy Ross, who uh, is a commitment as well. He started out in North Carolina, but will be playing for the herd uh, next year. I mean, you guys uh, definitely have that chip on your shoulder. I mean, like Josh was alluding to, I mean, you know, the state is kind of overlooked when it comes to high school talent, but you guys are ready to show that on the big stage, on the Conference USA stage. Um, Bryce, we'll start off with you. I mean, you talked about that offensive line being nationally ranked. Um, a bunch of guys on a cohesive unit. Um, did you see some uh, similarities between the guys at Marshall um, in terms of their cohesion and, you know, the fact that they were a, a group of guys who were playing as one, along with, like, some of your Spring Valley teammates and kind of saying to yourself, like, hey, you know what? I'm going to take, like, the brotherhood and some of the technique and some of the stuff that I learned here at Spring Valley and implement that down the road in Huntington. Yeah, so we have uh, we've got Coach Terry, our offensive line coach. You know, he's he goes to every camp that we've ever been to, uh, and he pulls a lot of of technique drills and drill different drills and stuff like that from all these different colleges and and pro coaches, and uh, and he's taken a, a lot of his drills and stuff from Marshall. And so, 
you know, Coach Atkins, I've talked a lot with him, their offensive line coach. And the way we do things as a team at Spring Valley and at, at what we'll do at Marshall is a lot of the same stuff. I mean, you know, that's who, like, you always say when, you, you know, when you're a kid, you have a role model, you look up to somebody. As a team, as a team, like the way we want to uh, you know, hold ourselves up on the field, the way we practice, we look up to Marshall in that way. So, you know, we're trying to, we're trying to be a, a unit like their offensive line is. And I feel like we've done a great job of that. That's why we, we push out kids all the time, like you were saying, uh, to, to D1 schools. And then we have a lot of kids that don't necessarily go D1 that are still playing college football. Um, but, you know, we're a unit just like they are. We take a lot of our char- characteristics from them. And I think that's what makes Huntington's uh, – or uh, Marshall's offensive line and Spring Valley's offensive line so special. For sure. And, uh, Ethan, as a uh, running back, you know uh, – Making making guys uh, miss, you know, punishing them in between the tackles. I mean, you know, you see a guy like Brendan Knox, who's the um, not only the team MVP, but Conference USA MVP and everything like that. What is it about your skill set that you could bring to the running back room at Marshall? Uh, I think it's a lot similar to Brendan Knox, you know, physical runner, uh, making people miss like that. And, uh, yeah, I'm just excited for it. Absolutely. And uh, John, we had uh, spoken to you a little bit about the uh, tradition at kicker and punter at uh, Marshall University. I mean, obviously, uh, most recently, Justin Rohrwasser was drafted in the uh, fifth round as a uh, kicker, but also had some experience punting the football as well. Um, Just talk to me a little bit about um, just the fact of, you know, if you're either going to pin a guy back with a punt and pin the opposing team deep inside the 10, or if they're looking to line up and kick a game-winning field goal, just, you know, kind of the mental aspect of that and what it takes to go out and be able to deliver on that. Well, yeah, I mean, really what it comes down to is it's just like another kick, you know. It's something that you practice every day, something that you work on every day, and it's not like it's anything different. You know, you have to have that approach of just being calm and just doing your own thing because you know you can do it. They're not going to send you out to do something if you can't do it. Absolutely. And we are live streaming here on Facebook and Twitter. You can follow Running With The Herd on Twitter at Running With The Herd. You can follow Her Nation at Her Nation. You can follow each of these guys on Twitter. I tagged all of them in the little teaser post. So, uh those of you who are fans of the Marshall Thundering Herd and fans of local West Virginia high school football, if you're not following these guys already, be sure to give them a follow. A lot of their parents have, uh, you know, given when we were setting this up, a lot of their parents were pretty excited about this, uh, giving it, getting a chance to uh, be here on the live stream. So lots of uh, friends and family are going to be tuning in here tonight and can uh, view it in post-production a little bit later. So be sure to follow these guys. Be sure to support these guys on their journey from high school to Division One. Uh, we already have a comment here from uh, Trevor Lahaki, too. Welcome to Marshall Thundering Herd Football. So uh, uh, welcome there from uh, Trevor Lahaski there. And if you want to send a shout-out to these guys, if you want to send a sh- uh, question for me or Josh, you can chime in on the live stream, either Facebook or Twitter. We will read the comments live here on the air. Um, Josh, uh, anything uh, anything that you would like to uh, add or ask these guys here as we move forward? Guys, it's been a kind of a crazy year. Um, you know, I know, you know, it's, it's at the <coughs> level and 
I know for you guys at the high school level, level it's been wild with, you know, the, the in-state map and all that going on. Um, just talk about, you know, maybe you know, how that's impacted your seasons. I mean, obviously, I know your guys' season was cut short for the most part. I know Ethan and Bryce specifically. Uh, but uh, yeah, just kind of talk about that, each of you, I should say, um, and how difficult that was. I mean, you know, it's basically your last year. Well, it is your last year of high school football. And, I mean, I know I know how that felt when I played my last game, and it was tough. Um, but, uh, you know, talk about that and then talk about, you know, just being able – knowing that you're not playing – you're not done playing football. I mean, you guys get – to go on to the next level and and how special that is. <clears throat> Ethan, go Ethan, go ahead and go first. Uh, yeah, uh, I just feel bad for the seniors not getting a chance to play another down football. Like week in week out, we were playing the map instead of playing the opponent, and that kind of sucked on our part. But you know, you can only control what you can control. But yeah, it really it really sucked sucked as a season. Yeah, that's something that Doc's talked about, you know, to the guys a lot. And, you know, just control what you can control. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, adversity strikes in sports period and, I mean, especially football. But, uh, you know, that's a really good way to look at it is, you know, just control what you can control. But, uh, John, you know, for you, you know, in your 2020 season, just kind of talk about how that played out. Yeah, it uh, it was kind of unfortunate for me. Right before our last game, I got contact traced, so I wasn't allowed to go to the game or anything. Like, I'd already left for the game. Like, I was in the car when I got the call. Yeah, yeah it was pretty unfortunate. We missed our first four games, so I wasn't able to do a whole lot this year. But, yeah, I'm definitely very fortunate to get to play at the next level and keep playing. And, Bryce, for you, I know, like I said, I know your all's season kind of got cut short there. Just, you know, just kind of talk about that. Yeah, it was it was rough, you know. As a team, we had something special this year. We've got we've always got a big team. We had a hundred some kids out there, and we had I think uh, a little over thirty. Like we had thirty seniors. I mean, that's that's a lot, you know. Oh gosh. So, and a lot of those kids aren't going to be able to go go off and, and play anywhere. I know some will, um, but but a lot of them aren't. I feel bad for those kids. You know, it, it's terrible, especially with how the season's gone. Um, I know we got. Got to play. We got to play five games, and uh, and against some really good teams, we had some really good games. Um, we had a bad game. Uh, we we did a lot in, in those five games. Uh, you know, like playing Martinsburg and, and beating them and Bridgeport, and you know, we we did a lot of good things. But we went on there after that and had five and a half weeks of practice where we practiced six days a week, and we never played a game. It was the map every week, and and the map won. So you know, we had a last practice, and our coach told us at the end, you know that. That uh, that we were done, we were disqualified from playoffs, and that was that was one of the hardest things to you know to hear because you're spending the whole summer day in day out with with your brothers out there, you know, working as hard as you can to go on and, and have a great season and win a state championship. When uh, when you know when they come up to you and tell you that it's over, it's just I mean it's 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 a it's a shot to the gut. It, it hurts, but it is what it is. It's out of our hands, like Ethan said. And, uh, you know, I, I'm fortunate to be able to play somewhere in college, but, you know, a lot of those kids aren't, and that's who I feel bad for. You know, that's something that, you know, Doc's talked about. Like, you know, you were kind of talking about, you know, being there all summer. You know, our guys have been, you know, on campus since, like, May 12th and, and haven't been able to leave. I mean, they've basically been practicing, working out, you know, without their families for, you know, the, you know, for the exception of a few of them whose family's been able to travel to the games and stuff. 
But, uh, you know, that's something I was talking to somebody earlier today about, you know, I can't imagine, you know, being a, you know, 19, 20, 22 year old kid and, and not being able to see my family, you know, basically for, you know, 10 months and, mm. you know, and basically being, you know, locked down on the campus, you know, basically, you know, but, you know, those guys too have dealt with it really well. You know, they've, you know, early on in practice and stuff like in, in fall camp, you know, some of those guys talked about it and like the maturity that those guys handled it with was, was really impressive to me. And, um, you know, that's 2020 has been crazy, man. It's, it doesn't seem like it's stopping, unfortunately. So, but, uh, yeah, I hated to see that thing, things played out for you guys the way it did. I mean, I know for, um, you know, for, like I said, for Ethan and Bryce, you know, especially, I'm a little bit more familiar with you guys just because I'm local, but, you know, for John's situation too, that, that's, I, I was unaware of that for you. So that's, that's even worse, dude. I'm, I'm so sorry to hear that, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, you guys have got a lot to play for in the future. And then, and like I said, that's what I'm excited for, for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, hearing you guys talk about, um, getting those, um, notifications from your coaches from the state saying that you guys will not be playing high school football any longer. I tell you what, it kind of hit me because I was watching this a couple of days ago. I just happened to come across YouTube and it just happened to come in my uh, come across in my videos was one of the final scenes of Friday Night Lights, the movie when uh, they came up one yard short in the state championship game and the opposing team ran off and celebrated the championship. But it was the guys from Odessa Permian who were huddled around, um, consoling one another, knowing that this was the last time that they were going to go and play football with their friends, guys that they played ball with since they were kids. I mean, for each of you guys, I mean, you guys have probably played ball with the same kids since you were in youth league all the way on up through middle school and high school. And knowing that this was going to be the last time that you ever took the field with these guys, that that really had to be a gut punch, like you said, Bryce. Yeah, it. I mean, it, it definitely was. Um, you know, I was actually I was actually a, a transfer kid. I, I came in um, my sophomore year to Spring Valley, um, okay. but I knew a lot of the kids over there, and it was it was hard. You know, it really was a chocolate gut, even though even though I was fairly new, you know, you can build a lot of friendships and, and make a deep brotherhood in three years of being there. That, I mean, that's for sure. You know, I've never felt more like a family with a team before than I have when I was there. So yeah, it, it was terrible. It was awful. You know, something for you guys, you know, and we kind of talked about it already, just being the in-state kids, you know, and, and I know, I don't know. I know, you know, Ethan and Bryce are different levels and I know, I don't think, Bryce and John ever played against each other in high school, did you? I don't, I don't think, think so. I don't remember Spring Valley and Morgantown playing. It just kind of talk mm -hmm. about, like, I mean, like, I guess the in-state side of things. I mean, like, does that kind of – I mean, I know we have that, like, you know, that side text, you know, just with you guys. But, um, you know, just having – I don't know. I mean, playing with, like, other guys in-state, I mean, like, it's almost like – an assumed brotherhood, you know, kind of like Aaron was talking about with like, you know, the Friday night light guys, you know, that's, I don't know. Like, like I said, I, I just think it's real special that you guys get to play together, you know, all from, you know, two or three hours with one another. I mean, 
you know, in college and, and not just in college, but I mean, you know, you guys are all going in, going in, in the same class. So, uh, you know, I just think that's really special. Um, you know, I just, if you guys could talk about like, maybe like the idea of like, of playing with other in-state kids. Yeah. John, how's that play out for you? Yeah. I mean, that, that's definitely really cool to uh, get to do that because it is another like brotherhood thing that we get to experience. You know, you know, Marshall, you know, a lot of people, for whatever reason, you know, don't don't even realize that you know, how many in-state kids we have on the roster. I mean, Aaron kind of talked about it. I mean, we've got a number of you know, kids from Spring, Spring Valley on the roster um, you know, and other kids, too, you know, locally. You know, Billy will be another one you know, next year. But, uh, you know, it's just wild, you know, how many in-state kids. Like I said, you know, West Virginia talent just gets overlooked. I mean, like, it's just not a traditional power in terms of recruiting. And, you know, a lot of team, a lot of times people overlook that stuff. But, uh, you know, Ethan, for you, what's it mean, you know, to be able to play with some other kids, you know, from, from down the road? Uh, I think it's going to be pretty good. Uh, I've never played with anybody outside of my school, so I think it's going to be pretty interesting. Um, uh, on our team, we only have about 30 kids on, on Pocus team, so it, it's going to be fun to explore with other teammates. Yeah, for sure. And Bryce, like you said, you know, you were an out-of-state kid already, and you kind of already, like, you know, transitioned into another, another team. So, I mean, like you understand what that brother that brotherhood's about. You know, just kind of talk about, you know, you know, moving on to the next level and being able to play with guys like Ethan and John. Oh, for sure. You know, <clears throat> Caleb, who's not able to be here, uh, you know, me and him have talked a lot. Uh, we're, we're, we're becoming, we're becoming good buddies already. Um, talking to him every day. And, uh, and I, I think we're going to room together. Like we've, we've already talked about all this stuff. So, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be cool, you know, being able to play with all these other in-state kids. Uh, it's not like a high school, you know, right. I mean, it is just at a bigger level. Uh, but it's it's not where I'll be playing with the kids that I've been playing with for a few years. You know, I'll be going into a new team with a bunch of new kids, um, and so it's it's going to be just another family. You got to build more relationships and and then uh, progress together. It's, it's gonna be cool. Yeah, I think another aspect, you know, for you guys, not only are you playing with other in-state kids, but you're playing for an in-state coach. You know, I'm I'm pretty sure you guys are aware of the fact that Doc Doc's from Hurricane and played at Hurricane, but uh, you know, I, I just think that's. Uh, that the, that whole thing is is cool in itself. Like I said, you know, anytime you know, I'm a huge proponent of all things West Virginia. Um, so you know, anytime that you know I can rep the 304, I'm definitely doing that. But uh, you know, I just always think that's like yeah, you know, a great situation for you guys, and um, you know, just like I said, the community. Like I said earlier, we are here in the live stream, multi-stream podcast here with Running with the Herd and Herd Nation. Aaron Coleman alongside Josh Stowers, Ethan Payne, Bryce Biggs, and John McConnell. If you have a question for Josh or myself, or if you have a encouraging word for Ethan, Bryce, or John, you can uh, chime in on the live stream. You can comment on either Facebook or Twitter. Uh, a couple more here, guys, before we let you roll. Um, obviously, uh, Josh had alluded to it. Um, Doc's an in-state guy. Uh, he's from Hurricane, West Virginia. You guys are going to be playing with some native West Virginians and uh, quarterback Grant Wells, uh, Amir Richardson, who's from Morgantown. Um, some of the guys um, that you have played ball either with or against. Um, just talk to me a little bit about what it's like, you know, kind of carrying the 304 on your back, so to speak, um, not only when you 
arrive on campus, but also when you go up and you play against um, other opponents. Just uh, talk to me about the hometown pride that you carry with you. We'll start out with you, John. Yeah, it's really cool to get to represent more than just the school, but to get to represent like the state in the school. Something not everyone gets to do, so definitely looking forward to that. Very true. Ethan, what about you, sir? Yeah, I'm looking forward uh, looking forward for it too. Uh, you know, a bunch of guys from West Virginia they don't really get out out of state much, and uh, be able this get an opportunity to rep through for it means a lot. Bryce, what about you, baby man? Uh, you know, it, it's going to be cool to be able to represent uh, not just a school like John said, but the area, the state. You know, um, you've got a lot of local people doing it. There's a lot of culture. There's a lot of culture to be set with Marshall, you know, uh, the football program to be specific. So it, it's going to be awesome to be able to represent more than just a high school. For sure. And uh, last one here for you guys. Uh, what is Marshall getting when you arrive on campus? Ethan Payne, when – you arrive on campus day one. What is the football team? What is Coach Holiday going to get when Ethan Payne suits up, puts the pads on, and gets ready for that first practice? Uh, a hard-nosed kid that won't stop. <laughs> awesome. What is Coach Atkins going to see when Bryce Biggs walks out onto the practice field for the first time as a lineman? What, what's, what's Coach Atkins getting himself into there? Hey, he's gonna he's gonna get a, a tough competitor. He's gonna he's gonna get a competitor and a leader for the most part. You know, got the size, got everything else. You know, and I, I'm coachable, but definitely my my biggest uh, the things that I'm best at is leading, leading, and I, I like to compete. Awesome. And uh, John McConnell, when you get out there for that first practice in the green in the Kelly green and white, what are the co what's the coaching staff gonna see from you? Uh just a hard worker. Yeah, hard-working competitor. Just going to do my best every day. Absolutely. Well, guys, best of luck to you. Congratulations once again from Josh and myself on signing with Marshall. Uh, the three or four of the nation uh, welcome you open arms. So uh, congratulations, guys, once again. This is a big moment in your lives. When you're old men like Josh and myself, we're not really that old, but when you're in your 30s and everything, and uh, later on down the line, you'll remember this moment. You'll remember the day that you signed that letter of intent, and you're going to remember it for the rest of your life. So, guys, thank you very much once again for joining us. We certainly appreciate it. Go herd, and hopefully we'll talk to you again here very soon. Thank yep, you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thanks, fellas. All right, guys, that was uh, Bryce Biggs, John McConnell, and – Ethan Payne here joining us in the Running with the Herd podcast, powered up by Herd Nation, a part of the Rivals Network. Once again, my name is Aaron Coleman, and I'm joined here by my co-host uh, Josh Stowers here in the podcast. You can follow Josh at jstow1447 on Twitter. You can follow me at R with the Herd. You can follow Herd Nation at Herd Nation on Twitter. You could also follow us on Facebook as well. You could join the live stream and comment on anything that we are talking about today. And as we slowly transition into the next portion of our podcast, before we bring on our special guest, uh, DJ Hunter, former linebacker for the uh, Marshall Thundering Herd. Uh, it was a tough one on uh, Saturday 
against Rice, that was probably one of the most inexplicable, unexplainable is probably the right word, things that I have ever witnessed in my years of watching this team play. Man, it was a tough situation. I, I don't even know. It was. I mean, um, yeah. You know, I'll be honest. You know, I, I made the comment when when Rice came out of the tunnel, they were jacked up. I mean, I, and that's obviously – I'm not making excuses. Um, you know, that was – it was a rough day all the way around. You know, I, there's not a lot you can say that hasn't been said already. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, um, it, it was it was just a rough day. I mean, like I said, you know, it, it, I, I don't know. I'm kind of like you. I'm at a loss of words for you know what to say. I mean, you know, I I didn't feel. I, I guess my biggest thing, what made me mad, or I shouldn't say mad, but what upset me was. You know, and, and and this is not true, but, I mean, it's just how I felt, like, immediately was, like, you know, I just felt like Rice come out and, and they were the aggressor. I mean, like, they, I felt like they punched us in the mouth. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it took us – it seemed like it took us a while to, you know, to punch back and, you know, um, to, you know, to get back, you know, that, that penalty on the, the fake punt, I think at that point, I think that – that kind of jazzed them up a little bit. Um, you know, I, I know obviously it, it jazzed doc up. I mean, he was, um, he went from zero to 100 pretty fast right there. And I gotta be honest, I did too. Still don't really, still don't really quite understand what happened there. But, uh, like I said, it's, um, you know, as soon as Sunday happened, you know, I turned to the page and started looking towards, you know, what was next, you know, for us, you know, for, right. you know, for them, I should say, you know, obviously we have a game, you know, Friday night um, with Charlotte and, you know, that gives us a chance to play in the conference championship. So, you know, that's kind of what, you know, I, how I looked at it was, you know, I mean, the reality is, especially with, you know, the success that Cincinnati's had and in coastal Carolina, you know, you know, they've, you know, they've t- turned it up a notch you know, this season, you know, with this, this, the success that those teams have had, you know, it was going to be hard for Marshall to, you know, step into that New Year's Six Bowl, you know, slot and um, daggone near impossible, to be honest. Right. But, uh, you know, you always want to, you know, win every game and go undefeated and, and that stuff, but that's just hard. I mean, going undefeated is hard. I don't care what level you're playing at, you know, that's what I was talking to a guy today. I mean, I mean, <laughs> this is, Pales in comparison, obviously, but you know, my 15 year old Babe Ruth All Star team or 15 year old Babe Ruth team was loaded. I mean, we were stacked, <laughs> and and we lost the we lost the league championship, um, and there was no excuse for it, but it happened. So, uh, oh yeah, you know that's like I said, that pales in comparison to what we're dealing with here. But uh, you know, that's just an example of you know the unfortunate truth is any team can win, and and that's why you play the game. So. But, uh, you know, I'm excited for Friday. I mean, I hope it happens. Um, mm-hmm. Me too. My gut feeling is that it's not going to happen, unfortunately. Uh, you know, that's that's just really my gut speaking. Um, that's right. not really, you know, me, you know, letting anything out of the bag or anything like that. But, uh, right. you know, I, I don't know. Like I said, I hope they play. You know, I'd like to get that bad taste out of our mouth. Um, Absolutely. I mean, especially for not all all of our guys, but Grant especially. I mean, you know, with the 
kind of game that he had and everything. The quarterback's the most important position on the field. It's the most important position in team sports, really. And, you know, for him to go out there and, and kind of – I'm not saying that he lost confidence, but for him to kind of go and gain some of that confidence and get some of that good momentum back for him, I think that that's uh, paramount for him because he is the leader of the uh, of the offense. He definitely is. I mean, like, you know, I think you said it, said it right when, you know, that's the most important position of any position, you know, in sports. I mean, I think, I mean, the only other one oh, that yeah. would be, the only other one that would be even close, I think would be like the point guard in basketball. You know, those two are kind of you know, synonymous in what they do. Um, you know, they're both leaders. They both you know, basically control the ball at all points of the game for the most part. But, you know, I still think, like you said, you know, quarterback is, is the pre premier position in all of sports in terms of, you know, carrying the load. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, I think for him, you know, I think that's one thing that we've seen all year long, you know, the highs and lows. I mean, obviously, you know, there were a lot more lows, unfortunately, on Saturday. But, uh, you know, uh, you, you hope that he's able to turn the page and move on. And you know, It's just one game. I know that's hard to swallow. Um, right. Yeah, but, you know, Grant's got a lot more football here to be played. And I'd be willing to bet a lot of money that there'll be a lot more touchdowns thrown than there will be interceptions thrown for the remainder of his career. So, uh, you know, that's just kind of how he has to look at it and, and just move on. You know, I mean, Rakeem Cato, I mean, had a, a meltdown game against Ohio. And, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, you, and that was early in his career. And you, you kind of see how that turned out. And, you know, Chad. Right. 131 touchdowns later, you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, Chad was the same way. You know, Chad had a meltdown game early in his career. And, you know, that guy right now is probably, you know, the goat of Marshall football. So, uh, you know, it's just one game. Like I said, it's hard to swallow. I mean, I know that's real cliche to say to move on. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. And you got a lot more play for still. So that's how that's just how he needs to approach it. And, and not just him, but, you know, the entire team. And, and I'm sure that the coaching staff is – is preaching that to him this week and, and just that, you know, don't let one game beat you twice. And again, right. I know, I know that's cliche to say, but it is what it is. I mean, it's, it's, it's fact. Sure is. And a guy who has played in plenty of big games for the Marshall thundering herd and a guy who is familiar with bouncing back after a very tough loss and winning a conference championship joins us here in the live stream, multi-stream edition of the Running with the Herd podcast. That, of course, is the pride of Middletown, Ohio. DJ Hunter here joining us in the podcast. DJ, welcome to the podcast, man. Thank you all for having me, for sure. What's up, man? Not a thing. How you doing? I like that Christmas tree back there, dude. You're well ahead of the game there. I don't have mine up yet. <laughs> nah, Neither do I. My, my girlfriend put that up. She put that up, by the way. Uh, don't lie to us. You know you love Christmas, dude. You're <laughs> all right. <laughs> There you go. Well, uh, DJ, I tell you what, man, uh, you were you and uh, Alex Bazzi were talking about the game on your podcast, the transition podcast uh, after the game. Um, just your takeaways from what you saw in that Rice game. And, you know, what kind of memories did that bring back for you? You know, obviously you were nationally ranked going into the Western Kentucky game in 2014. You lose a tough one there. But then you bounce back and win the conference championship one week later. Just talk a little bit about not only the Rice game, but kind of, you know, the memories that you had 
um, bouncing back and having that short-term memory so you could go play a game next week. You hit it right on the head, honestly. They just got to go out there and have a short-term memory. Like you said, we came out nationally ranked versus Western Kentucky, and we came out there and we and we took a loss at home, which we usually don't do. Um, honestly, I felt like that day was kind of totally off anyways. We still hate Western Kentucky to this day. We still talk about it. Me, Neville, Tyndall. The hate kind of runs deep, and the rivalry definitely is real. So all those guys got to do is just come out, have a short-term memory, go out there and do what they do and play martial football. You know, when they go out there, they just got to make sure they take care of the ball, take care of Grant, and make sure that he's got some time back there. You know, we had two people out. We had Will out, and we had Josh Ball out, two of our top guys. Um, Because, you know, with Pro Football Nation, we were the number six um, nationally ranked offensive line in the country, and then we missing those two big pieces. So – that we we kind of seen that unfold, which is okay, but I think I think uh, Grant's gonna come out and have a good game next week, like you said, uh, Josh. I think he's gonna come out and do what he does, like he's been doing all season. No need to hang your heads down, man, because honestly, everything is still out in front of you. They can still go out there, they can still win the um, conference championship, they can still go out there and win their bowl game, and that's really all that matters. We're a university that wins championships, and we win bowl games. That's what Doc Holliday does, and I think that's what they're going to do. They just got to go out there and play their game. When they go out there and play Charlotte, host a conference championship at home, and leave with that ring, and that's all that matters. DJ, for you, um, you know, obviously after the Western game, and I don't like to talk about that game. Me neither, but, man. Uh, <laughs> dude, I, I just sat there. I mean, no joke. Like, I literally sat in the stadium for like 30 minutes. Like, I don't think I spoke a word. I don't – I mean, I, it sucked. I mean, that's the only way to say it. It sucked. I hate to use that word on air, but, man, it was awful. Um, anyways, for, for you, you know, going through that next week and, and even in, you know, to the Law Tech game, did, did you feel like it was almost more of like you were playing against, like, yourselves in, in that Western game again? Or did you actually, like, you know, feel like, you know, that you were preparing for Law Tech? Because, I mean, like you know, Aaron said, and you kind of talked about it, I mean, like, you know, that's a that's a tough transition. I mean, like, you know, you know, like I said, turning the page and, and forgetting that is it's easy to say and it's not easy to do. But, yes, uh, you, know, you know, just kind of talk about that. I mean, you know, and how difficult that was you know, to just, you know, move on from that and, and really get ready for you know a huge game the following week. Uh, I really think this is a good team, so I think they'll put it behind them. Um, for a bad team, this can tear a bad team apart, but I think this is a great team and I think it's going to pull them together. I think they're going to go out there and play martial football next week and host that conference championship at home. Because I know when we lost to Western Kentucky, we probably didn't watch the film for at least two weeks. It was on a lot tech. We had a conference championship to go play in. And then we went out there and we had a point to prove that we were the best team in the conference USA. We had the best players. We got the GOAT, Rakeem Cato, Devin Johnson, uh, Daryl Roberts, Neville Hewitt, all conference guys. The MVPs, they're on our side. We got the best coach. We got the best staff. And I know they're going to be prepared. That's one thing Coach Holiday, Coach Holiday lives by is the most prepared and invested team is going to win. And I know that's going to be Marshall. I know they're going to get them in gear. I know Coach Lambert, Coach Price, Coach Coach Holiday, and the rest of the coaches on the staff are going to have those boys ready to roll. I think B Knox is going to have a great day. I think Grant Wells is going to have a good day. Need to get Xavier Gaines a little bit more involved. Go out there because he's a mismatch, a mismatch for sure. I don't think I think we need to get him a little bit more involved. I think that's what they're going to do. They're going to go out and they're going to have a good game. 
DJ Hunter, our guest here in the Running with the Herd podcast, powered up by Herd Nation, part of the Rivals Network. If you have a question for Josh, DJ, or myself, you can chime in on the live stream podcast here. A uh, real quick one here, uh, DJ. Um, you talked a little bit about Xavier Gaines getting more involved, and and I agree with you on that. I mean, he's a mismatch nightmare for just about any defensive coordinator. How many touches? And I'm and, and I don't need you to put a number on it, but if you want to, you can. Um, how many touches you think he should get against Charlotte on Friday? See, I, I ain't gonna say how many touches I think he should get, but I think he definitely should be more involved in what they got going on because honestly. For a DB, they can't jump with him. I feel like he's a mismatch. And when he's against a linebacker, they can't run with him. So he's our leading receiver right now, 25 yards, 328 yards, 25 receptions, and three touchdowns. He's really Mr. Versatility. He can do anything. Put him in the backfield, put him in a slot, put him at tight end, put him out wide. He can do anything, really. So I think we need to get him more involved and get B-Nots going. Grant Wells, he's going to be fine. He's young. He's a freshman. Hey, he had a bad game. It's okay. You're one of the best in the country, kid. Shake it off. Go out there and do what you do. Yeah, DJ, for you, um, you know, you're someone, you know, you kind of dealt with a little bit of adversity, honestly. I mean, like, you know, you came to Marshall, you played linebacker as a freshman, and then you right. kind of got kind of got moved around. Right. And then, you know, didn't work quite as well for you. Um, and then you came back, you know, you moved back down into that second level again and, and you know, and, you know, basically blew it up again for those last couple seasons. You know, just talk about, you know, the level of the, like adversity, you know, I, it's hard. And, you know, I never played college football, so I have no idea, to be honest. And that's the reason I'm asking, you know, just talk about like, you know, how much adversity that a college football player deals with, you know, during a game or you know, even during the week. I mean, like, I don't think a lot of people realize like how difficult it is to be a college football player and right. like the, the level of adversity that, you know, those guys are, you know, you, for instance, you know, dealt with. Right. You know, adversity builds character. Honestly, you know, like you said, my um, time at Marshall was never sweet, but the love still runs deep. You know, I'm a Doc Holliday guy. I'm a Chuck Heater guy, Coach Fuller guy, Coach Price guy. Let those guys to death. You know, you got to do what's best for the team and whatever that is and help us win games. You got to be willing to do it. Um, It's tough for those guys. You know, a lot of pressure is on them, you know, undefeated season. And then they make a they have one loss, you know, they, we, we wanted to be perfect. You know, that's, that's what you strive for when you're out there every single day, blood, sweat, and tears, the physical, the physical toll, the mental toll, the balance in school and, you know, working now and doing everything, not having free time. And I doubt they even get to do anything right now. Probably can't go out on the weekends because of COVID restrictions. So you're literally a pro athlete right now. And then they're just locked in and it's strictly ball. So the thing about it is, you know, these kids are kind of sensitive. They put a lot into their craft. You know, we just got to lift them up. We can't knock them down. So we just got to be there, still support them, show them some love. You know, no one's perfect. That's what we strive to be. But no one's perfect at all. So we're going to still come out there, support the kids and make sure that we get that trophy at the end of the year. That's all that matters. That Conference USA trophy and that bowl win. That's it. That's all that matters. Sure. And uh, supporting the kids, man. Right. I understand that as well. Uh, we have a good question here from one of our commenters here on Facebook, Todd Hutchinson, chiming in. Uh, he has a question for you, DJ. He says, DJ, I know you have to deal with it, and I know that every athlete handles it differently, but how do you handle backlash and attacks on social media, whether it be someone attacking the team or you individually? 
the thing about it is you got to shut out the noise. The only thing that matters is those guys in the locker room. You know, that's a Chuck Heater thing. When we're in there, we ain't really worried about the outside noise. We're just worried about us. We're worried about the team. We're worried about Marshall University, the tradition we have, and the foundation that was laid that came before us from Chad, from Byron, to Cato, to Chase Litton, now on to uh, Grant. So that tradition that we have at Marshall University is real. The power of the 75 is real. So we ain't worried about the noise. We just worried about what's going on in our facility and controlling what we can control. And that's why I said I think it's going to go out and be a great game for them. Like I, like uh, Rakeem Cato, we used to call Rakeem Cato the 40 boys. I think they're going to go out there, have a great game. 42 to 8, 42 to 7 is my prediction, my core <laughs> prediction. I think it's going to be a great game. I think yeah. I think they're going to bounce back and have a point to prove. I hope you're right, dude. Yeah, absolutely. I hope you're right, too. I mean, I, first of all, I hope the game is made. I mean, you know, this kind of thing with that. Um, DJ, you talked a little bit about uh, some of the leaders that you had on that 2014 team, guys like yourself and Neville and Swag and Cato and those guys. Um, when you look at the leadership of this year's 2020 team in terms of not only on the field, but also away from the field, making sure that they are doing the right things in terms of COVID, not going out a lot, not doing those things. Um, just your opinion, your thoughts on what kind of leaders they have in the locker room currently. I know you're not in it, but at the same time, you were in a locker room with a lot of leaders. Think about how important that is for the psyche and the mental aspect of a football team. You know, that leadership is definitely important. And um, like I said, when they hit that adversity this weekend, Tavante Beckett showed so much class. Even when they lost, nationally ranked at home, he was still out there shaking hands, wasn't out there fighting. Grant Wells had a bad game. He wasn't on the sideline throwing his helmet. Brandon Knox wasn't over there throwing a the helmet, maybe because he didn't have a game that he had or felt he should have. And Xavier Gaines as well. So I feel like they do got a lot of leadership in that locker room. That's why I think they're going to bounce back because because I know Coach Holiday takes a lot of pride in that as well. So I know the leaders that they have, they're going to pull together, pull together as brothers and as teammates. I think they're going to get through it. I, don't, I think this is not what we wanted as fans, but like I said, everything is still out there for them, and I think they're going to achieve it. I think they're going to be holding that trophy up in a couple weeks. I mean, I think one thing that, like, you know, we talked about, talk about it with like the kids earlier you know the, the in-state kids and i think like just you know and you were t kind of talking about it with like you know cutting out all the noise you know forget about it and, you know, don't listen to it i mean i think that's just like the brotherhood aspect of college football and you know being on, on any team really not just college football but i mean like you know that's the brotherhood aspect of like you know team sports that like you know that's what really makes sports you know what they are i mean like you know that's what that's what always, you know, part of the reason what always drew me to sports was, you know, getting to, you know, be part of a team and, you know, something, you know, those kids talked about it earlier, which is, you know, phenomenal to hear, you know, a 17 or 18 year old kid talk about, you know, playing for something more than just themselves. And I think like guys at Marshall, you know, you, this team, especially because, you know, this team, honestly, you know, not just Saturday, but I mean, they've been dealing with adversity all season long. Right. Like, I think, you know, given the circumstances of what what they've dealt with i think like they've been a, an example of that you know playing for you know playing for marshall and playing for the team and and, and everything else beyond playing for themselves every game you know, right you know so i i just think like like i said i mean 
I think the brotherhood aspect of Marshall is something that's terribly underrated. And unless you're part of it or around it a lot, I just think it's underrated, you know, nationally speaking. I, I just, you know, like you've talked about it. I mean, like, you know, the power of the 75, man. I mean, you know, there's just things that happen you know, in, in that game, especially, you know, the crash game that right. you can't explain. I mean, like, you know, um, you know, just like two years ago when, you know, the scoreboard literally showed 11, 14, 7, 0. Right. And, and I mean, like stuff like that, man. I mean, like that's stuff that movies are made of. And you know, like I said, I, I just think the Brotherhood of Marshall, um, it's, man, I don't know. It's uh, Right. You're right, man. There's no better different. tradition. No better tradition in college football than Marshall University and what we overcame, our tradition, the Brotherhood. Just the people I met at school, you know, the people I got to see. Me and Daryl Roberts still talks every day. Neville Hewitt, every day. Uh, Evan McKelvey, Jack Gammon, Clint Van Horn. We still talk every single day. So that brotherhood is real. You know, the love that we have is still real. It runs deep. And we still talk every day. As soon as I get off of here, I'm going to probably call Daryl Roberts after this. Dude, shout, shout out Neville, though, dude. That guy's – he just – he talked 100 tackles this weekend, dude. He's yeah. Like, it was right. the first time I think since 09. Yeah, since 09 a guy wow. had, had topped 100 tackles that soon for the Jets. It was pretty impressive. Right. Big time yeah. guy, man. He called me actually and let us know last Saturday when he was uh, about to play his game. Before he was playing his game versus the Raiders, he was like, man, I seen you on Bazzi's uh, podcast, man. <laughs> I like it, man. That was one of the guys that helped me do it, too. Trying to get there him on here. Trying to get yeah, him we're trying to get him on here. He's uh, – We'll have to. Uh, we might have to pull you in, DJ, to see if we could uh, get in touch with uh, Neville, maybe after the season or something, and just kind of have him talk a little bit about, um, you know, just his great season and everything. So shout out to you, Neville Hewitt, if you're out there listening right now um, for the New York Jets doing his thing. Um, and he was the defensive player of the year in Conference USA in that 14 season. Like, just real quick, DJ, just a real off-the-cuff question here. Like, what did you see from Neville, you know, just in his work habits, in the weight room, you know, stuff like that, that led him and some of the other guys on the defense to believe, hey, this guy is in line for a special season? Look, this man Neville, he had came off that next surgery. So before the season started, he really couldn't even bench 225. That was my wow. working partner. And then we were obviously in the same meeting room. So every time we would lift, he was like, man, D, I don't, I don't know. I'm really not feeling it in my shoulders and my neck. So that first game back, he just got his groove back. And then the thing about Neville was a All-American, fourth team All-American. I don't know how he's not on the All-American wall. He was an All-American, first team all-conference, defensive player of the year, went undrafted, no combine invite, no senior bowl invite, goes to Miami as an undrafted free agent, made it, and look at it, balling now. Now you're a year seven NFL veteran. But the thing about it is we've been new. I've been I've been seeing the work behind the scenes. I know how hard he works. I know the type of guy he is. I know the nutrition he puts into his body, body the time and effort he put into it every single offseason. It's crazy. He's like LeBron James. The same way LeBron James take care of his body, Neville's the same way. Dude, Neville is an animal. I'm telling you, see how yoke he is, dude, dude. is diesel. Yeah, man. I'm telling you, he he put in the work though. He's a hard worker. Neville's gonna play in the NFL for for ten years or more, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And you know, if uh, those of you fans out there who know uh, Neville's backstory, I mean, obviously, you know, uh, he comes from a, 
uh, tough upbringing, but you know he he used that work ethic and he used that drive and determination to get himself to where he wanted to go, and that's to be playing a professional football with the New York Jets. Here, real quick, DJ, before we sign off here, um, is there a special memory that you have, whether it be playing or whether it was um, at practice in the film room, something like that? Something you can share with us here on the live stream at during your time at Marshall that you can share with us. It'll always be that 2014 season at Conference USA Championship. Man, that that game that year was so special. Just the players we had, the talent we had. Like I said, with my guy Devin Johnson, Rakeem Cato, Tommy Schuler, Chris Jaspers, Clint Van Horn, James Rouse, Evan McKelvey, Neville Hewitt. I'm going to name everybody, so y'all might want to stop me. <laughs> Corey Tindall, A.J. Leggett, Tyquan Lane, just those guys, man. It was so special with the, the mix with the coaching staff and Coach Heater and Coach Fuller with their knowledge, man, and winning that championship. It was just it was just beautiful. That's why I want them to win it so bad. Like, I want them to just win one so bad and bring it back to um, Huntington again just because I know they're going to remember it forever, just bringing that conference championship, tearing that goalpost down, and I'm going to be there with them. Riding the goalposts. <laughs> I'll be right with him. Well, let me, let me ask you this, and this is a little bit before your time. Uh-huh. Um, you know, obviously 2014 for you. You know, that 99 team, people rep that as the best team ever. Uh-huh. I'm going to ask you right now, if that, if that 2014 team played that 99 team, who's winning that game? Us, for sure. <laughs> us, for sure. But shout out to the people that came before us, you know, that paved the way for us. So shout out to you guys. It's all love. So I don't want nothing, Mr. Screw. I love you guys. Thank you for everything you did for the program and the tradition that you uh, laid down for us to follow. Yeah. And uh, just real quick side note here, both the 99 team and the 14 team had some serious talent on both of those rosters, guys that wound up playing uh, pro ball at a lot of different levels, NFL, CFL, you name it. So I'll tell you what, those were two really good teams there. DJ, thank you very much for joining us here this evening. Uh, We look forward to talking to you again, and we look forward to hearing you and Bazzy on the Transition Podcast uh, on your guys' platform. So thanks a lot for joining us, and we'll talk to you soon, man. Thank you, man. We got. I think we got a good one for y'all this week. I think we got a good special guest. There you go. Thanks for hearing it. See y'all. Later, man. See ya. Bye. That was DJ Hunter, a uh, former uh, herd linebacker, joining us in the live stream, multi-stream podcast. Guys, if you missed it, you can catch the archive playback on Facebook as well as Twitter and on YouTube as well. So uh, be sure to check that out and, uh, you know, everything else. So for DJ Hunter, for Bryce Biggs, for Ethan Payne, And for John McConnell and Josh Towers, I'm Aaron Coleman saying so long, go herd, and we will talk to you again soon, hopefully next week, to break down the championship podcast between Marshall and whomever, whether it's UTSA or UAB, in the Conference USA Championship. We will talk to you next week. So long, and go herd. Go herd.